Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Now, only yesterday, I had yet another text from a listener saying, please, please, please find some good news stories that will give us all a little bit of a lift, especially during this world pandemic that we find ourselves living in. So when this landed on my desk, I said we had to go and ring Australia and let Nuala O'Brien, who is originally from Formoy, share her story on how miracles do happen. Uh, Good morning or good evening, as I should say to you down under in Australia. Good evening, Nuala. Morning, how are you? I'm doing very well. Now, for you to share your story, we need to go back to April of 2018 and an appointment you had with an oncology fertility expert. Tell me about that day. So so basically, um, in 2016, I got diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma and I relapsed in 2017 and had a stem cell transplant. So they said with the risk of the transplant and all the chemotherapy that there was a good chance I'd go into ovarian failure. So in the April then, me and my mom went up to Dublin to meet with the fertility specialist and they said that I had gone into ovarian failure and that I had already started the menopause so that I'd be unable to have children. And so that was grand. That was up in Dublin and my mom obviously was very upset by it. I didn't really mind that much at the time because I was still getting over like just getting the all clear from cancer and everything but my mum was very upset so we were trying to console her and tell her like you know don't worry like something might because happen you in were, future because you were, you were only 25 to, to get that news at 25 and to get the news at 25 that you're going into menopause yeah so I'd already started menopause so they think I started menopause when I was 24 um, after the transplant so that's when they think that started. So yeah, I got the news then when I was 25. I turned 25 on the 7th of April and then that appointment was 25th of April. And you coped quite well with all of that because I suppose you were thinking life is precious, having, you know, survived cancer. This wasn't the worst thing. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like I wasn't really even thinking of babies, you know, like I was just thinking like start living my life again because obviously my life was put on hold for two years and like I finished college because I got cancer in my final year of college and I, uh, my transplant was actually on the day of my graduation. So I just wanted to kind of get back into normal life and, you know, start being with my friends and everything. So a baby wasn't even on my radar. So <laughs> it didn't really bother me that much. Did you have a boyfriend at that stage? No, I didn't. No, I, my, I ended up having a boyfriend, get meeting my boyfriend four months after this. Okay, so and that's Dale who you're still with today? Yeah. Yeah, he's from Limerick. So did did you discuss 
the fact that you were in menopause and did you discuss that with Dale that if you were to stay together and you sound like you're in a very committed relationship, did you discuss the fact that you would never be able to have a biological child together? Yeah, we did. I told him kind of from the get-go because I was a bit paranoid about it. Like I was like, it'd be a bit unfair not to tell him. You know, so I kind of told him from the very beginning and like he was very good about it. He was so understanding. He was like, we could always adopt or there was the option for egg donation and then it would we could do that so it would still be his child so I'd basically just be the oven um, but like we were both said that we wanted to travel and that like that wouldn't be for another 10 years time that we'd even be considering anything like that Yeah you have a, you have a, you have a good man there who was very very under understanding uh, for sure so we now need yeah, to fast very lucky. we now need to fast forward to June of last year and your decision to head to Australia talk to me around the, the about all the planning for that and what was the plan Yeah so basically I always wanted to go to Australia me and my friends had always planned on going like years ago and then I got cancer and I went to college and everything so everything was put on hold and then Dale and myself were saying that like we want to travel so why not go and I was all clear one year in February and my job was finishing up in June so we just decided to head over and we moved over to Australia and we were absolutely loving it like you know we love it over here we planned on staying here a few years we were going to try to get sponsored with loads of friends here and everything and yeah so we're just over here at the moment and where where in Australia are you? We're in Sydney. Sydney, okay. And have you done travelling? Have you yeah. travelled around? Yeah, so we started off in Adelaide and we did our farm work and everything. And then we travelled the coast and we went up to Melbourne. Then we came up here. We went to Uluru. So like we have done a fair bit of travelling, but there's still so much more that we wanted to do. By the way, just on that um, farm work, because that was something that came up on the programme a, a few weeks ago when the farm workers had to come in to pick the strawberries for, for Keelings. What was that farm work like? Um, I was lucky enough because I was in Adelaide, so I was in a city. So I was actually in an egg factory. And then Dale was actually doing construction, so he was on building sites. And it was fine. We were in Adelaide, like we were in the city of Adelaide, so we didn't have it that bad, whereas there's some people that are out in the middle of nowhere just picking fruit. (laughs) So we were very lucky. Like, we had a great experience with it. And it's tough work, isn't it, for the fruit pickers? Yeah, oh, it really is, and they get paid nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know, like they get much pay and they have long hours and everything. So it is kind of hard on them. So we were very lucky with our situation. You know, we had a nice house and everything. So we were, we kind of landed on our feet, to be honest. And it's part of the visa requirements? Yeah, to get your second year visa, you need to do three months farm work. Okay, so you got all your farm work done with the eggs. You got <laughs> so li- life's yeah. going, life's going good in Australia. You're loving the Sydney lifestyle. You're making the friends. You've got the job. Everything's yeah. going well. Yeah. And then just last month in April, you started feeling uh, rather than say unwell, a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. So basically, I get um, checkups with my oncologist every three months in Ireland, and then when I moved to Australia, it was every six months. So I saw him in November and everything was great. So then I was due to see him on the 7th of May. But the le- I always kind of get a bit paranoid anyway, leading up to appointments. So I always get like nervous and frightened and I wouldn't be sleeping well and I'd be convincing myself I was sick. But um, in April, I just started like feeling really bloated and just sluggish. And um, I was finding it really hard to go to the bathroom. And my stomach kind of got a little bit swollen. So I had convinced myself then for like the whole month of April that I had got like a tumour in my intestine is what I convinced myself because I was Googling everything and like what was coming up was either pregnancy or cancer. So obviously with not being able to have kids, I just automatically presumed 
I had cancer again. And Dale was trying to tell me to like fast forward my appointment and I was too afraid to and everything. So I just kind of kept going. And uh, then we had my appointment last Wednesday. Now you go into the appointment, as you say, nervous. You had a bit of heartburn as well. Yeah. So like I had heartburn. I had, I was really nervous. I cried the whole way over in the car oh, on the way to the appointment. Oh, and like Dale then was just trying to like keep me happy. He was like, oh, just think of like where we're going to fly after COVID. Think of all the great things we're going to do. So just try to take my mind off it. And uh, we went in anyway to my oncologist and she was just like, how are you? How are you feeling? And I said straight out, I was like, oh, I think I like a tumour in my stomach or a tumour in my intestines. I was like, do you know, I'm bloated. I gained weight nowhere else. Like, do you know, I'm still in all my normal clothes. Um, and I just said, I can't go bathroom. And I was like, I can kind of feel like my intestines spasming. I said, do you know, like with pressure and stuff. So he put me up on the table and started examining me. And when he got up to my stomach, he kind of gave me a funny look. And then I obviously panicked because I thought like he found, well, he did find something. But I thought he found something bad. So I asked him, was it bad? And he just looked at me and goes, well, is a baby bad? And then I just started laughing, really. And then Dale started laughing. We're like both, both nervous laughs. And we just kept looking at each other laughing, trying to tell him that, like, oh, sure, that's not possible. He was like, I know it's not possible, but he was like, there's definitely a baby in there. And I obviously was trying to convince him again. And he was like, I understand that you have gone through menopause. I understand you are an ovarian failure. He's like, I don't know what to say to you. Like, he was like, but there's definitely a baby in there. And uh, he said that he thought I was about 20 weeks. So that I had to book a scan. So I had a scan the next day. And like, even going into the scan, I was like to the man who was doing the scan, I was like, is it definitely a baby? I just couldn't believe that it was. And he was like, yeah, it's a baby and it's 34 weeks. Oh. So you're due in six weeks. <laughs> you're due on the 24th. So can, can we, did, did you not rush out and buy a pregnancy kit? No, because I was in, I was in pure denial. So like I kept saying, like, so that was the Wednesday night and all the Wednesday night I kept being like, no, it's not. Like, he's got it wrong. And then even on the way to the scan, I was like, watch now, it's going to be a tumour. It's going to be... Oh, like, I, just help you. I just didn't... Yeah, I just was like I was having none of it like it was like it can't happen and then it happened <laughs> so you, are you and I'm assuming as you see with any of the scans are you watching on a screen are you clearly seeing this is no. a baby with so arms Dale was wa- so, yeah so Dale was watching the screen I wasn't I wouldn't even look at it I was like I can't and then they like you could hear the heartbeat and everything and like I couldn't look so Dale looked and then they were like do you want to know the sex and like I was so overwhelmed I was like could you just write it down <laughs> And then we left and everything and I was just so overwhelmed. Like if it wasn't for daylight, it would have been lost. Like he was grand, like so he was reassuring me and making sure everything was okay and all. And when we got back to the car, he was like, it might feel more real for you if you know what sex is. So then we um, opened it and found out it was a little boy. And yeah, and then it kind of started feeling a little bit real. And then Dale was like, right, let's just bring our family straight away, get it over and done it. And then their reactions kind of, started making me excited and stuff whereas I wasn't really excited at the very beginning do you know I I didn't know what to feel at the beginning Do I take it you rang Mammy first? So Mam wouldn't answer the phone <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't answer the phone because it was early in the morning for them so Dale's mum was actually the first one to know and then I actually had told a few people like here before I could get through to my mum because it was early in the morning and my dad's a postman so I wanted to tell them both at the same time yeah. I had to wait till he was home from work but, like, they didn't believe me at all. Like, we'd put loads of my friends on the phone and everything. Someone showed the scan. They thought the scan was fake. So it's not funny <laughs> joke about these things. Like, they didn't believe me at all. Like, 
And what, what's mum and dad's name? Um, Evelyn and Michael. Evelyn and Michael. And they're in, are they in Formoy? Yeah. Yeah, okay. They're in Glanworth. We're from Glanworth. Oh, Glamworth, sorry, Glamworth. Yes. Uh, and what, what, because, because your poor mum was so upset, uh, I mean, and for you more than anything, I mean, as, as a mother, you'd be just be devastated for your much-loved daughter that she's never going to be experience what it's like to be a mother. So I could, I could so understand her upset on that day when they were told that you were infertile. She must be just over the moon for you now. Oh, she hasn't, like, I say her feet haven't touched the ground since, like, she told me that, like, so this was Friday, Thursday morning, and she rang us at, like, half twelve at night, year time, and said, I'm only having my breakfast now because I've been running around, you know, telling people and, like, ringing everyone, and my little sister then was recording when they'd FaceTime people and everyone's reactions, and they were able to send me everyone's reactions and everything, so it was lovely, like, it was really nice, but yeah, my mom is just over the moon, like, you know, she's so, so happy, like. So what's your due date? The 24th of June. <laughs> yeah. it's, it, well, you don't have a bit, you know, you hear people complain about, God, is this pregnancy ever going to end? You certainly yeah. won't be allowed to say that. I know. I was like, it's only six weeks that I get a flight. I'd go into work and I only told them yesterday and they couldn't believe me. And my boss is actually due in July and she's like, I can't believe the size of you and the size of me. <laughs> so she was like, I can't believe you're having it before me. And like all the clients I work with, because I work with mental health, I'm in a residential care unit and all of them are like, oh my God, we can't believe it. They're like, we thought you just ate too much uh, Uber Eats and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, so everyone's delighted. So you'll be going out on maternity leave soon? Yeah, so I should already be gone on maternity leave. And they said I should have been gone already with two weeks. But uh, I just said I'd say, I've been grand this far, so I said I might as well keep going. So oh, and when you when you how it goes. when you look back, was there any morning sickness? Did you feel unwell any morning? So there was no morning sickness, but like my there was just heartburn. You know, yeah, that was kind of the only thing. But I had convinced myself that was all like cancer and everything. Like, but I had no morning sickness. Like I was normal. Like, and even there, we were looking back through like my photos and stuff and Instagram and Facebook. Like, and I was four months pregnant at Christmas, and I was wearing like show a bikini on the beach and stuff where like we had a party for my two years all clear in February we had a big boat party and I was just there in a swimsuit and all and I was like you, I didn't know at all you know none of us had a clue like it's not until literally April that I started getting this like little bloated belly So now you're I mean I'm assuming you've got to you're looking at cots and prams and baby grows and nappies yeah, like a big change from what we thought. Like, I, we had just moved into a house as well. So we moved into the house on the Tuesday and my appointment was the Wednesday and I still haven't unpacked even yet. <laughs> and then, so like, we were, like, it was just, everything was just all at once. Like, I got a new job, we got a new car, new house, like, totally different plans. Like, we thought, like, we'd be getting ready to go travel more and now all of a sudden it's just... Oh, so, yeah, a, we're looking at brands and costs and everything now. But it's great, like, because we have such great friends over here. Like, there's a big group of us and, like, everyone's absolutely delighted. Like, I already have loads of babies, those people are just bringing over brilliant. stuff. And all the Irish over here as well are very good. Like, there's people I don't even know over here and they're like, I had a baby over here. Do you want sterilizers? Do you want anything like that? And, like, complete strangers are helping me out. So it's great. And the long-term plan now for you, Nuala? Oh, so, well, long-term plans totally changed. Our plan was, stay here as long as we could and 
travel a bit more in the world and stuff and then come back maybe when I was about 35. That was the plan. And now we're going to be coming home as soon as possible, really. So, like, I can't travel because obviously I'm too far gone. And then the nurses are saying the baby has to be at least six weeks. Yeah. And then with COVID and everything. So, like, yeah. we're hoping to come home September-ish. But we were saying, like, if it wasn't for COVID, I'd say my mother would be on the first flight over. Uh, that was the first thing I thought of. I said, yeah. oh, God, um, uh, yeah. Mammy O'Brien can't even home. get on a plane. Yeah, that's what we were afraid of most of how she, like, we knew she obviously would be over we knew she wouldn't be mad, but I was more afraid of telling her and telling her that, like, she wouldn't be there. So that kind I of way, I was more afraid to tell her that. I know, listen, but with... She was fine about it, like... But, but with FaceTime and Skype and all of that, you'll be able to keep in contact. Yeah. And, and, and or even, like, my little sister has sent photos and, like, my old bedroom's full of baby boy clothes now. Brilliant. Already, like, it's just brilliant, all, brilliant. So they're all family, like, so it's great, like. And then we decided that we're going to name him after my oncologist in Ireland. So which which that's is? Who we're name him after. And so his name's Seamus O'Reilly, so we're going to call the baby Shay. Ah, Shay, that's after a gorgeous name. Gorgeous name. Yeah, just, so we rang him and everything. That was going to be my next question. What was his reaction? Oh, he was, see, I would have been very close with him, like, Joe, from being sick and everything. And, like, he was so good to me, obviously. Sure, he saved me and everything. But, like, I had a great relationship with him and, like, I'd still send him postcards and everything when I'm over here. So uh, he was delighted. I texted him and told him. And he rang me straight away and said how honoured he was and how he couldn't wait to meet him. And yeah. So he's absolutely delighted. That's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Somebody, yeah. somebody called Carmel, who I'm assuming you know, says, Nula, you are amazing. You always defeated the odds. Oh, that's lovely. Will you do me a favour? Would you get your mum, Evelyn, to let us know when, when, when baby Shay is born so that we can let listeners know? Because I can see people saying we let us know when the baby is born. So would you ask your mum or your sister just to send us a quick I text? And, and, listen, and we will check in with you again when Shay has arrived, if that's OK. No problem. <laughs> it won't be long now. It won't be long now. Enjoy the rest of your pregnancy, the short little pregnancy that you have. It's terrific. Listen, it was a, a real pleasure to talk to you, uh, Nuala. Look after yourself and uh, give Dale a big hug. You've got a good man there. I know, I'm very lucky. You look after yourself, OK? I will. Thank you so much. God bless. Bye bye. Bye bye. And stay safe. That is uh, Nula O'Brien joining us from uh, uh, Sydney in Australia on uh, just to prove and that miracles do happen and to never, ever say never. It is a terrific uh, story. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.